When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. podcast presented to you by DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook. Download the app and make sure you use promo code CHGO when you sign up. I am your host today. My name is Will Gottlieb, and I'm here in our HQ edition episodes, as always, with my mate, Mark K, MK Hoops, down in Australia. Mark, how are you doing today? Oh, I'm fantastic, William. I'm um, drinking a coffee, got my avocado and toast down my gob. Just finished uh, chapter one of basketball for dummies. So, like for me, like everything is just just humming along down here. So, how, how are you, mate? Uh, well, I can't tell if you're making fun of me or we're just the same person. But either way, that was uh, that was, that was good to hear. Two thirds of what I said was factual and actual enjoyment. But um, hope you hopefully you're doing well. As 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 same for the listeners as well. People tuning in, whether it's on YouTube. Uh, Spotify, Apple, whatever the situation is. We appreciate everyone tuning in. Hopefully everyone is well. But um, yeah, how are you, mate? You good? I'm good. Uh, We have a lot to talk about today. We're doing a quick show because CHGO has a team event that I need to race over to at about 3.30. So we're just going to keep it to 45 minutes. But we're going to talk about the Bulls' most recent stretch, eight and four over the last 12 games since the I don't know, just disastrous game that happened in Minnesota where they gave up 150. Uh, We're going to talk about how this changes the trade deadline and future of the team, as we always seem to talk about on these episodes. And uh, before we do that, though, I just want to give a quick shout out to Rob Schaefer, who tweeted today that he was laid off by NBC Sports Chicago. Um, He's been working for NBC Sports for a couple of years now. Um, but I've only had the chance to work sort of next to him, alongside him on the beat for the last almost full season, the tail end of last season and the start of this one. But uh, Rob is a great dude and he is really good at his job, both from a reporting side where he's like, I think that kind of gets lost on people of like the challenge of being a good reporter and asking the right questions and getting players and coaches on the record about stuff. He's really, really good at that. Um, He's also just a really bright basketball mind. And he's the kind of guy that just makes me, keeps me in check all the time, makes me want to keep doing my job better. So shout out to him. I hope he lands on his feet quickly. I imagine he will. Um, But wanted to give him a quick shout before we dig into some bull stuff here. Yeah, no, good, 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 uh, good call out. Uh, I I don't know Rob much beyond a few DMs here and there, some tweets and, you know, maybe we've done a podcast back in the old HQ days. Um, so I don't know him as well as you do, Will, um, but just from a Bulls fan point of view and consumer of Bulls content, like it, it's an odd decision. I'll say that. Uh, I don't understand it. Um, I'm sure Rob feels similarly, but it sucks for us as fans because I really valued his position on the beat. I thought he did some, some really good stuff 
on the beat and his perspective and his angle on the beat was a little bit different to to most people. So um, yeah, it, it, it sucks for Rob, but it sucks for us as well because we uh, more generally, there's um, one less good voice to cover this team. So uh, yeah, don't really know why that's the case, but um, like you said, all the best to Rob and hopefully he lands on his feet very soon, which I'm, I'm sure he will. Yep. Ditto. Um, let's, let's talk about the Bulls though. Uh, I can't remember exactly what their record was last time we spoke or what, you know, their, their certain streak was, but over the last 12 games, as has been, I would say widely publicized at this point, they are eight and four. So 12 games sample winning eight out of 12. That's pretty darn good. Um, especially coming off the heels of what was just like sort of a disastrous end of November, start of December for them to sort of write the ship, you know, before I left the country, we had talked about what they needed to do during the course of the December schedule to like convince us that they were legitimate Mm. and they didn't do it. They, I think they, I can't remember exactly what their record was, but it was like, it was not good. Um, And they have started to, to figure some things out. So I think we wanted to just spend some time talking about, is this real? Do you think this is real? I mean, we can go through some of the numbers, but just like gut reaction. Is this, is this real what we're seeing right now? Or is this just a facade and fool's gold and fake news? Well, I'm, I'm, I'm giggling like a schoolgirl over on this side for, for a number of reasons. But last time we, we did, last time we caught up was this time last week. And I think the, the headline for our podcast, that episode was, are the Bulls done for after Donovan Mitchell dropped 71 on them? <laughs> and now we're discussing how real is this? That's, that sounds about right. That is the that is the season we're having here in a nutshell. And like that, that's the irony in this. And that's the, the, the funny aspect of this whole thing. But like, it just feels like week to week, things are changing. And yeah, you, you quoted the numbers, uh, eight and four over the last 12 games, obviously very respectable record over that 12 game stretch, beating some good teams through that stretch as well. But yeah, like I think it was after the Minnesota game, maybe. But I, I can't remember exactly what game it was. But I, I wrote on the website for for CHDO or all, CHDO.com, uh, like that they should blow this thing to, to pieces because it felt right at that point to do so. Because Smithereens, I might have even used that word. But like they dropped, they got absolutely hosed in in Minnesota. Gave up 150 points. This team didn't feel like it was going anywhere. So at that specific point in time, like that felt right to right about and to say because everyone felt the exact same way but now we're sitting here the team recently put up a, a competitive loss to to the celtics last night without demar in that fourth quarter and as you've noted like they've sort of started to get things back on track from a at least from a win-loss perspective how sustainable how real it is that's what we're going to get into today like my gut feel based on what we've seen by what we're effectively halfway through the season right now like and basically, exactly what I said, like, this is almost a week-to-week proposition. Like, I feel good right now, but that doesn't mean I will feel good this time next week. Who knows what we'll be titling our podcast next week. It might be uh, extremely negative, but I guess the schedule is lighting up. Uh, so that's a positive. We'll see how long DeMar is or that's- out for. Hopefully, it's not too long. But um, I, don't, I honestly don't know what to make of it all at the moment. So they're still that's under 500. Exactly- I was just going to say, that's exactly where we were last time. We were talking about yeah. the 71-point game. You lose twice to the Cavs, and you think that they, they kind of got screwed by the refs here in both of these games. Could they be you know, on a five-game win streak or whatever it was at the time? And now you're looking at Brooklyn, Philly, Utah, Boston in a row, and it's like, is this going to be a disaster mode? And now you've got this stretch. 
Washington, OKC, Golden State, obviously. That's going to be a tough one at home. Then you've got the Paris trip. You've got Detroit, Atlanta, Indiana, Charlotte, Orlando, and Clippers to end out January. So, like, this is a winnable stretch. And, of course, given what we know about this team, they're probably going to make us unhappy. Yeah, well, I, I hope not. Like, if they have been playing better. So let's, let's get this out of the way. Like, the offense has look, has been better. The numbers suggest so visually, like, it has been so. And a lot of that is driven by by what Zach is doing as a finisher. It seems like, well, I mean, his efficiency more generally is off, is just off the charts over the last 10, 12 games uh, through this stretch. Obviously, we know what he's been doing from the three-point line. But just more generally, his offense has been a lot better. His defense has been better. And not just even just his finishing, like, his playmaking as well. So... If there's scope for encouragement, it's the play of Zach Levine. Um, Vooch has been really solid all season. We know what DeMar brings. So that threesome there, he's starting to get it together. And, and just, all, all they really need is just a consistent effort from the role guys. So that's probably what's going to determine this next stretch of 5, 10, 15 games and, as we enter the trade deadline. But uh, yeah, like, like I said, I just I feel good at the moment. I expect them to continue what they are doing, particularly given the, like I said, the schedule lightens up. And yes, I understand what their record is against below 500 teams, all that sort of nonsense. But if they are going to be the team they hope they can be, this is the period for them to really start to to sort things out. So we'll see. I feel good about it at the moment. But um, I, like I said, like they've just been a Jekyll and Hyde team all season. So who this could go a million different ways before the season's out. Absolutely. And let's... Uh... I think let's dive into some of the sort of trajectory of, of why things are happening the way they are. You mentioned Zach Levine. He's obviously been fantastic, but I think the offense on the whole has been really impressive for me over the last uh, 12 or so games. They are fourth in offensive rating, 118. That's really good. That's like legitimately very good. Obviously top five numbers are great, but like to get up there above like clearing 115 really easily, I think that's, Really solid. Defense has fallen off a little bit. I said this on the post-game show last night, but it seems like despite the numbers, some of the execution, some of the uh, attention to detail, I think has been a little bit better. And their offense has been so good that their net rating is in the top 10 plus 2.4. So over this stretch, they have looked like a really good team. As we said, there's about 10 or 12 more games until the trade deadline. And I think if you can put together this past stretch of 12 plus 12 more really good games, you obviously have a better idea of what your team is, but you've also got some positive momentum and some reason to be encouraged heading into the second half of the season. Um, has anything stood out? I, I'll start with, with the offensive end, because I think that obviously, you know, you mentioned Zach getting hot, but like first in field goal percentage over that time, third in three point percentage, obviously still low in attempts, but very efficient team, fifth in e-field goal, fourth in true shooting. I mean, is this just like hot shot making to you or is there anything that stands out as far as like they've figured something out offensively, strategically, procedurally that is, you know, making this more sustainable than it was during the first 30 odd games? Yeah, so if we dive into like the, the how real component of this, like no, I don't think the Bulls are the fourth best offense in the NBA. Like the, the offensive rating that they're posting at the moment, which is 118 points per 100 possessions, given where they were previously, which was around that 111, 112 points per 100, 
to jump up six points all of a sudden. Like, do I think that element of this is sustainable? No. Uh, they're third in three-point percentage right now, but they're still 29th in three-point attempts. So that just suggests that it's not, it's not like their offense has just all of a sudden started humming along because they're taking and making a lot more th- threes. They're making more threes, but not necessarily taking more threes. So this to me spells uh, just a hot shooting stretch. Um, like we said, a lot of that's driven by what Zach is doing and he's been amazing. So I don't think what they're doing offensively in, from an output point of view is sustainable. But having said that, I don't necessarily think they're going to revert back to what they were before. And that's completely fine with me. Like they don't have to be the fourth best defense or, well, uh, sorry, offense. Maybe they have to be the fourth best offense if their defensive rating is going to fall down to 23 uh, or 23rd rather, as it has through this stretch. But like conversely, like their defense has been much better all season than what it has been over these recent 12 game stretch. So I kind of feel like the answer's in the middle somewhere, William, that I don't think the offense will remain this good nor do I think the defense will remain this poor. So if we can get somewhere in the middle whereby ultimately you land at sort of like position 12 for both offense and defense, like I would rather that aspect rather than where they sit now. Like, yeah, I understand the offense is humming, but your defense is really bad. Ultimately, you're grading out okay net rating wise. But I would feel much more comfortable about this team's fortunes going forward if they were, like I said, 12th on offense and 12th on defense rather than really freaking good at one thing and really bad at the other. So I'm hoping, I'm, I'm kind of hoping that this isn't real, if that makes sense, and that this is just a bit of a hot streak and they, they settle back into something that's more sustainable on both sides of the ball. That That's my ultimate hope, but obviously time will tell. Yeah, I would say the way I'm looking at it is, no, they're not going to continue to be, you know, a top three, three-point percentage team. And I think they need to be prepared for that because that's basically exactly the argument last year is like you just you experienced such a hot shooting stretch the first half of the season that was carrying your offense Lonzo goes down everybody thinks it's associated with him but it's really the fact that now you just can't make a shot I can't make a shot Javante Patrick Derek Jones like all these guys who were shooting 35 or better from deep are now starting to miss shots so over the last couple of games I think that number is buoyed a bit by Zach Levine just going absolutely nuclear I mean 11 threes in a game following that up with a 6-3 game following up with you know, a three or four, three fourth quarter last night. That's not going to hold obviously, but I, I do think we are experiencing like the other swing that the, the regression in the other way with how well yeah. Zach's played his numbers, even over the last month, don't look that different from his career numbers or his career with the bulls numbers. So I do think he can sustain this level of production in some capacity, whether it's improving, getting the free throw line, maybe if the three point numbers drop off, um, or maybe he really has unlocked something the way that Billy talked about him um, as far as pulling up over screens um, teams being so afraid of his drive that they're giving him space to pull up for three. All of a sudden when that happens, the defender has to step up and that's where the drive comes. Now the help comes and, and his passing I think has improved a lot. So I actually do think Zach in some form or another can continue this sort of output. Vooch has yep. looked really good. I think his play, his his shooting is, I think, correlated with Zach. When Zach's got it going, I think that opens up opportunities for Vooch, whether it's their two-man game, you know, on the block kicking it out, or their pick and pop game, or whatever it is. Like those two, I think their offense are very correlated. And then you have those games where both Zach and Damar get hot together and they both score 35 for the first time this year. Those are the kind of things that, yes, the three-point numbers are going to fall. Maybe the efficiency in general falls, but I do think for this team to be really good. They need to be around the 10th best offense. And I think they have the potential to do that because 
of the way that their big three fits together when things are working. Now, whether it will continue to work, that's another story. But like, I think it's in there. I think over a 12 game sample, you can kind of tell that that there's something going right there. The other the other issue now is DeRozan's injury. He went down last night in the game against the Celtics with a quad injury, quad strain. He is questionable for tomorrow night's game against the Wizards. Didn't look that bad when it happened, but obviously he played a couple more minutes and then left the game. If De- if Demar goes out, this season could be off the rails. But it does not seem like it was that serious. We'll keep an eye on that. Yeah, l- l- hopefully not. Hopefully it uh, remains questionable and ultimately jumps to you know probable and, and game time ready. If not if not tomorrow, then later in this week. But um, but we'll find out. But what certainly isn't questionable is our friends at Comed William. Uh, we've got to keep this show tight. So let's do, let's read some ads. Uh, so this one's from bills, our friends maybe. over at Comed. Exactly. Let's pay these bills. But um, hopefully as well, Comed can help our friends save on their bills. So Comed is an energy, energy efficiency program which is committed to helping families and businesses in their communities save money and save energy. Comed offers free facility assessments that can help find energy-saving opportunities, whether that's in lighting, HVAC systems, commercial kitchen equipment, or industrial processes, whatever it may be, our friends at Comed can help you out. What will happen is an authorized or an engineer will work with you to develop a detailed assessment plan specific to your goals and needs. These can be done in person or virtually, and they last generally around, let's say, two hours or so. So not a big time commitment from that point of view. So, and then once you've done that, after about three or four weeks, customers will receive a report detailing energy efficiency opportunities and projects that they can start working on immediately. So each recommend- recommendation will include estimates on uh, energy savings, cost savings, projects costs, potential in- incentives, and simple, uh, simple payback systems. So don't wait. Get started saving money and, and energy today. So for energy saving tips and and to schedule your free assess, facility assessment, go to comed.com slash poweringbiz. That's comed.com forward slash poweringbiz. If you're ready to sign up for a facility assessment, you can call them on one 2700 during normal business hours to speak to a uh, energy efficient program rep. Alternatively, you can also email at businessee at comed.com or you can request an assessment online on their website at comed.com forward slash facility assessment. Want to tell you guys about our favorite sponsors here at CHGO, and that would be DraftKings Sportsbook. The NFL playoff picture is locked, and my go to place for the wildcard round is DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. To kick off Super, the road to Super Bowl 57, new customers can bet just $5 to get 200 in free bets instantly. That is insane value. And all new customers uh, and existing customers can get a no-sweat bet, sweat bet each day of the wildcard round this weekend. That's just value you can't beat. Just place any NFL bet of your choice. And if it loses, you'll get that bet free uh, up to $10. Action is so good. Why bet NFL playoffs anywhere else? Um, obviously NFL, great sport. We love it, but I'm a basketball guy and I will, I will die on that hill. So I've got my Tuesday DraftKings pick of the week and I'm going with the Jazz plus 2.5 against the Cavs tonight. The line started at plus 3.5. It's moved down to two and a half despite 57% of the bets going on the Cavs. So reverse line movement there. I'm into it. 
The Jazz, one and six in their last seven, but all the games have been really close. Their offense is humming. They're sixth over the last two weeks. But with a one and six record, you just have to figure there's going to be some positive regression there. So I'm looking at the Jazz. I'm liking plus two and a half. They could even go money line there. But, you know, the Cavs are a really good team, obviously. A really good team that Lowry Markinen used to play for. So he'll be in the mood for some revenge, much like he was the other night against the Bulls. And the Cavs defense over the last stretch has been 18th. So I'm liking I'm liking the the Jazz offense against the Cavs defense. Um, Mobley and Garland are back, so it's going to be a tough one. But give me Jazz plus two and a half against the Cavs tonight. Well, I, I, I'm, I'm pretty sure you picked Wizards versus Bucks last. Yeah, time. I lost that. One. Pick I did lose. Yeah, that I was one. just about to Hand say. Hand so you, you're over from one at the moment. So I guess what I would suggest to the listeners is you know get on DraftKings, do what Trust, you need to do, but maybe the don't process, take the don't take the Trust advice the from, from from the goat. But um, certainly help out, uh, help us out with our friends at DraftKings. Definitely. I'm doing my homework. All right, I'm doing the best I all can. Right. Well, we'll, not, we'll, we'll track next week. I'm not running anyway. away. I'm not running away from my failures, like some team may be from early on in the season. Anyway, uh, Darnell Mayberry at the Athletic wrote a really good column about this team still being fool's gold, and not to get distracted by the fact that this uh, what was it eight and four stretch is mm. for real. Um, Mark Stein in his newsletter wrote that quote. The word out there is that every time the Bulls get close to breaking up the team, they get a big win and that changes their mind. I think that we are being a little too reactionary at times to good stretches yeah. versus bad stretches. Like certainly, you know, Mark and I, and I feel comfortable speaking for the both of us here, react to bad losses or a bad stretch of losses, or, you know, when they give up 71 points to a certain player in a certain game, not blaming that on the refs, just taking accountability to the loss. So I think there is legitimate reason to be still concerned about this team and to not necessarily buy into what we were talking about at the top. I think there's some encouraging stuff there. And, you know, it wouldn't, wouldn't like shock me if some of that stuff is real, but there's just a handful of games left before the trade deadline here. We got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, 10, 11, 12, 13 games left until the trade deadline I had to count it out uh this is this is their stretch where they can prove that they're real or not and this is i think we've had the bad stretch we've had the good stretch this is like the last moment i think for the management team to decide if they want to move forward with this group and i think in the same way that you shouldn't you know let one bad loss affect your whole team building philosophy you probably can't let one good stretch of wins affected either and a lot of the conversation about well they should be nine and one in their last ten because DeMar got fouled and Donovan Mitchell had a lane violation. The record is what the record is. They're playing better, but I mean let's let's be reasonable here and think about what is the best thing for this group moving forward. Does this stretch at all change your opinion? It shouldn't. Uh, and look I look I understand why we Maybe a reactionary, like me particularly, uh, as as the, the the fan on this this. Uh, and it, yeah, I'm I'm assuming you're more rational because you're the beat guy, William. I'm giving you that credit, whereas me, irrational, irrational idiot that um takes you know every game to heart, sort of thing. But I uh, like it makes sense for me to be sort of you know going one way or another based on the results of this game. But as as what you noted there from Mark Stein, like if the word is out there that the Bulls 
are thinking about breaking it up, then they get a good win and then that changes their, their mind or flips things back another way. Like that would be concerning to me if the- That would be office, so disappointing to me. <laughs> yeah, if they're reacting to the same way that I am, like I'm meant to be that short-term irrational douchebag. Like that's my role here. But like they're, they're meant to be the strategic guys overseeing this thing, thinking more holistically, not necessarily going or not listening, uh, yeah, not living game to game like we are as, as fans. So if that, you know, if what Mark Stein is noting there is is somewhat true, like that is concerning, but you referenced Darnell's piece as well and the fact that uh, his sources are telling The Athletic that um, effectively they don't, they don't, the Bulls don't intend to blow anything up. They're not going to be committing to a rebuild or anything sorts and potentially they're going to have a maybe a quiet deadline, which to me also doesn't make sense because you have to do something like irrespective of whether you want to go want to continue with this group or whether you want to change things up with this group, whatever the situation may be, like you can't do nothing. So, I mean, they couldn't do nothing regardless because they've got contract situations with Kobe, Vooch, Javante, Io. Like unless you're going to play those things out in the off season, which if you do, there's a lot of risk associated with doing so. I, I just don't understand how they can do nothing or be relatively quiet just even if they want to continue with this group. Like you, you can't necessarily do that. So um, these sort of, reports that have surfaced over the last couple of days in, in, in lieu of what has sort of been happening behind the scenes with the team, obviously winning more than they've lost. Like that is kind of concerning for me. Uh, if that's what the bulls are thinking for, like from my point of view, does it like change my perspective on it all? No, like I said before, like it's, it's almost game to game or a week to week proposition. Like I feel okay about it now. And you could maybe sell me on the idea of, uh, you know, maybe buying and adding to this group and, and maybe, because like the, the East ultimately is somewhat open. I mean, we're, we're not sitting here suggesting that the Bulls are going to be a championship contender this season or, you know, pull a Boston and, you know, turning their season around from that point of view. I don't. I obviously don't believe that, but could you talk me into the Bulls getting into the five or six seed? I think there is scope for that. But, you know, there's also scope for this thing sort of falling off quickly as well. So I just, I just can't get around this idea of doing nothing or being relatively quiet. Like that can't happen. Just pick a lane, pick whatever lane that is, justify whatever that lane is, but it can't be we're kind of happy with where we're at, which is obviously bad given that the team still remains three games under 500. Yeah, I 1,000% agree with you and, and we can get more into exactly what the Bulls should do, but um, seeing some good stuff in the comments here. Uh, they need to add rebounding. They need to add shooting. Like last night against the Celtics was absolutely brutal. The way that they were, you know, failing to secure rebounds. Uh, it's just, they, they need to do something. Um, and yeah, I'm not sure exactly what it would be, who would be on the move. I understand that we're probably not going to see a major teardown here, especially midseason. I think that there's a good argument not to just for, from the standpoint that like, teams can often get more for their players during the off season or on the draft. And you know exactly what pick you're trading for uh, when teams are feeling a little bit fresh, when they just are coming off a bad season, they want to make a move. I think there's more opportunity to, to do that, to get better value for some of your pieces. But that being said, especially with the fact that, you know, they have big contract decisions coming up with Io, with Vooch, with Kobe, they need to do something. And, um, I'm not sure that I'm in a place where I feel comfortable going out and being buyers, but I also, you know, like every time it seems like Vooch has got to be the guy to get moved because Damar and Zach are too good and too important. Vooch comes out and has a great game. He goes 19, 18 and 10, or 
you know, 18 and 13 or whatever it is. Like he, he does provide real value. And I think that's the difficult part here is trying to determine, is this player more important to my team or another team? And if they're more important to another team, then I can extract value. Whereas if I really need a guy like Kobe White because he's my second best shooter, doesn't make sense to try to sell him just to sell him when another team might not value him at all or, or may value him even less than the Bulls do. So it's a really tricky spot, but I agree with you, Mark, that they need to do something. There's just like, there's no more excuses at this point. Um, yeah. Yeah. And, and look, Vooch is the prime guy for me, like around like this whole concept of do something like Vooch is the prime guy when I'm thinking about this concept, but like there has been reports, I think from Shams a couple of weeks ago, that's potentially the Bulls aren't going to bring back Vooch or it's not a guarantee that that happens. And that's, possible given that Vooch is an unrestricted free agent in the offseason so like there is a reality or there is a path where letting Vooch walk in the offseason makes the most sense depending on how you structure other things around that but having said that like if you do let Vooch work and you keep the remaining roster largely intact there's still a reality where you're largely above the cap or if you're not above the cap you're very close to it meaning you can't necessarily replace him with another similarly level player in free agency or something like that. It's not like he can go out and, and sign Miles Turner or something of that nature. So like letting Vooch go and walk in free agency may be the right thing. We, we can't say that right now until we see everything else play out. Like there is a pathway that is the right thing, but there's also a pathway that's not. So this is a, like the prime situation whereby you have to almost do something with Vooch, whether it's extending him or trading him. Because if you lose him for nothing and that strategy of trying to recoup his value somehow in the offseason, if that doesn't come to pass, then what are we really doing here? Particularly when this team, as we sort of noted, isn't necessarily contending for a title. Yeah, they could be an okay playoff team. But is that enough to say, oh, okay, let's keep this group together for another couple of months here. Let's not do anything with Vooch. Let's play this thing out for another few months. Let's play this season out with Vooch. Like, that's probably not enough for me to justify not doing something with Vooch. So when I'm thinking about like doing nothing... A lot of that is centered around this idea of, of like, what are you doing with Vooch? Like, you can't do nothing with Vooch. Uh, at least based on what we know today, where the variables sit today, it would seem like doing nothing with with, with Vooch with Vooch as we head towards the offseason. Particularly if if you're if it's likely that you're not bringing him back, that's that's kind of problematic from my perspective. Yeah, it's a tough one. I think that's the major decision. I think that will impact the Bulls' roster building is. Be, even just from like a, what type of team do you want to be? What style of play do you want to employ? Vooch is sort of the fulcrum there. Uh, before we get more into that, Mark, can you tell the people about game time? I can, I can. And despite what this team will look like, uh, like I'm, it's almost two months to the date that I head to Chicago. I can't wait. I can't wait. And I don't know what team I'm going to be watching play in the United Center, but I am going to be watching the Bulls play basketball in the United Center. And when I haven't got tickets yet, I haven't done any planning. But I'm going to leave it to last minute. Do you know why? Because I can trust our friends at Game Time. So Game Time is the hottest new ticketing site. They make things easier than ever to score the best deals on tickets to sports, concerts, shows. If you want to get to a Bulls game, I know NFL's over and the, the Bears aren't back for for you know a period of time here. But if you want to get to a Bears game when they get back, a baseball game, hockey game, concerts, whatever it is, uh, our friends at Game Time is the hookup. They are the best website, the best app for this thing. They give you the biggest last-minute price drops that can be found on any seats that you never thought you could buy before. So you won't find any better deals 
like obviously we're talking balls here. Like I won't find a better deal anywhere else. I'm going to use the game time app when I get to Chicago to get my tickets. Game time is created by the fans for created by the fans for the fans and it guarantees the lowest price. So if you love CHGO and we know that you do, then you will love game time. They are the best way to support us is by buying your tickets through the link in the description of this episode of the podcast. Join over 15 million people who have downloaded the Game Time app and score the best seats possible to all your favorite events, including Bulls games. I can't wait to go to one. You mentioned being a fan of CHGO. And if you are, please consider signing up to be a diehard member. That's the last thing we want to tell you about today is our new membership. We obviously have removed the paywall on our website, so you guys can go read everything that I have to write that Nick Moriano and Adam Hogue and uh, Vinny and Ryan Herrera and all these guys have to write about your favorite teams. Go check it out at allchgo.com. But if you sign up to be a diehard member, in addition to getting all these podcasts, pre and post game shows, uh, all the premium content that I was just talking about, you will also get exclusive benefits such as merch, discounts on merch. Uh, You'll have the opportunity to join us at CHGO for events, whether it is something like you know, the Bears tailgates when they get back in season or the Bulls takeovers where we're hanging out at a bar and then take a bus all the way to United Center and watch a game together. You'll also have a chance to join our members only Discord. There's a lot of great perks and at CHGO, it really helps us out. So consider becoming a diehard member today and go to the website, allchgo.com. Um, we got about 10 more minutes here, Mark. So let's just continue this trade conversation Uh Maybe if you have anything, get into some specifics, but more, I think the question for me is buyers or sellers. And I think this next 13 game stretch is going to basically inform that on its own. The Bulls have a bad stretch. I think they're already three games under 500. If you don't go, I guess that's a good question too. Is like, what are the, what, what record do the Bulls have to get to in order to be buyers? Maybe that's the best way to frame it. Yeah, well, I mean... You got 13 games and you're three games under, so... Yeah, look, I need to see them be at or above 500 for me to commit down this path. Uh, look, we've, we've done the blow it up thing to death, the, the the sellers at the deadline thing to death, and maybe based on like where the landscape is right now beyond the bulls and the fact that this is a, a, a lot of buyers in the market, not necessarily a lot of sellers, like from that point of view alone, it makes a lot of sense to be sellers in this situation, particularly if you're not a team that's ultimately going to get very far. Um, But if this team continues to win at the rate they have and they get above 500, then, okay, maybe it does make sense to be buyers at the deadline. Uh, What, what does buyers mean though? Like to me, that's, that can mean a a myriad of different things. Like, is it buying for a role guy? Is it buying for another home run swing where you are giving up further future draft capital? Um, Like there's, there's different connotations to it, I suppose, but, I, I need to see, I need to see them be, uh, you know, certainly above 500 uh, by the deadline. But more generally, I think I need to see or what, what what they do on the court. I need to feel like it's sustainable. Like if it's if it's just a hot shooting stretch, for example, like if this shooting continues to sustain for the next five to ten games, it may lead to some more wins. They may get back to 500 at that point. But am I feeling? comfortable about where this is headed? Am I thinking that this is sustainable beyond the trade deadline? I, I don't know. Like I need to see probably some more growth from like guys like Io and Pat. Um, I need to see if Zach can continue doing this. Obviously I need to see how real 
or how bad this DeMar- DeRozan injury is. Hopefully, it's nothing major. If it isn't, then then that's cool. But if it is like a, a notable injury that's going to keep him out two or three weeks, then uh, yeah, like that again changes my perspective on on the situation. So that's a lot, a lot of words to say. I have no idea, <laughs> um, but I need to see something a little bit more sustainable, a little bit more concrete than what we've necessarily gotten over the last twelve game stretch. If this twelve game stretch turns into twenty four games of them winning, you know, sixty sixty five percent of their of their games, then I probably will be feeling more confident heading towards the deadline. But having said that, we have to overlay that, like literally, literally with what we discussed, where the team themselves aren't necessarily thinking of doing anything. So it's a conversation of what we would do versus what the team would do. And at the moment, based on reporting, it doesn't sound like the Bulls are going to be doing anything, which is an odd, an odd decision. Yeah, um, I want to get some of these comments here in the chat. Kyle Green with just honestly the best idea. I think that should be the one that the Bulls do. Uh, can can they just get a Jared Jackson type to play the four? Obviously, he's a defensive player of the year candidate who rebounds and shoots threes. Easy, right? Yeah, that would be ideal if the Bulls could just plug Jared Jackson Jr. in. He is truly, I, I would say at this point, the defensive player of the year. Front runner along with Brooke Lopez. Um, so, don't really so see I'll, I'll, a, a way to do that. No, but I think obviously Kyle's being facetious as, as you are, but I think the general thinking maybe not landing a defensive player of the year type candidate, but like a four five type, I think that's what this roster doesn't have. Like obviously you're not going to get Jaron Jackson or a player that of that level at, at the trade deadline. Um, or at least assume you're not going to, but I think that type of player is someone that this roster doesn't have. They have a lot of guys who are maybe threes that can play for like Pat, for example, like guys that can sort of swing through that range. Obviously Derek Jones, Jr. Javante, they play a lot of four, but they're built like twos or threes. So I think what this roster doesn't really have and, and what they do have a lot of is just guys who are straight fives. They don't really have that guy in between like a four five, which is why I really like Jared Vanderbilt, for example. He's not obviously Jaron Jackson, but he's like that guy who can play, can start at power forward for you, or he could be your backup center, give you a different look, like in those lineups where the Bulls do go with Derek Jones. He was also guarding DeMar. Center. Like he, he could be your lockdown defender. I mean, he, that guy. Yeah, exactly. So like really good. Jared Vanderbilt would be a name I'd love to have. Larry Nance Jr. is another guy like who would be that four or five combo. Obviously, they're probably both not attainable. Or at least the latter is probably not attainable. Hit New Orleans, obviously close games with him. So I doubt that that's possible. But I don't know, like Utah... If for whatever reason, if they lose, if they don't win, like you predicted them to to do so before on the earlier on the podcast, we were like, is Jared Vanderbilt available in the, the trade deadline? If so, would you be prepared to give up whatever it needs to happen in terms of the contract? Um, I think he earns about six million dollars off the top of my head, something like that. It's not a big deal, so it's not like you have to take on a lot of cap or anything like that, or trade a lot out to get to get him onto, onto uh, the Mark, team. Mark, uh, quick piece of breaking news here, Bulls related. Bulls just tweeted out an injury update. Javante Green will undergo arthroscopic debridement of his right knee Wednesday. That's obviously yeah. the same same procedure that Lonzo yeah. underwent uh, this this late this summer, uh, reevaluated in two weeks. So even more reason to now start considering your options at the power forward. Javante's been fantastic all year. Love what I've seen from Derek Jones Jr., but that's still going deeper down the depth chart. And if you want a guy to step in and give you you know, to, to elevate you, you do have to to start thinking about, you know, maybe maybe that pick from Portland is something that's tradable. Uh, maybe a pick swap or something like that. I mean, again, the idea to me of going more in, investing more assets into this group that is not proven to be a 500 team is, I, I don't know if that's a pill I could swallow, but 
you know, Jalen McDaniels was noted today as uh, a player that some teams are sniffing on. Um, Jay Crowder obviously hasn't played it all this year. There are guys like that out there. Yeah. Oh, this Javante thing is tough. Man, that is entirely... I, everyone knows how much I love Javante. Everyone loves Javante, so I'm not alone in that fact. But the fact that this news broke as I was going on about a rant about getting another four in, uh, extremely poignant, ironic. Um, I'm just... Yeah, that's that's really saddening. And the fact that he's going into the same procedure that we're having... We're going to have the same procedure that Lonzo had. One, uh, I, I don't know how to feel about that more generally, given the uh, given all the the nonsense surrounding Lonzo's thing. But the fact that we've got now two key positional guys who who, who sort of really helped that identity piece of like who the Bulls want to be, from like getting in passing lanes, getting steals, getting us into transition, those sorts of things. To have two of those guys sideline now with the same, maybe not the same injury, but needing the same procedure, like. Yeah, that, that's that's a major bummer. We're gonna have to end this podcast on an absolute uh, dire note. This is that's um that's knocked me for six, William. You won't get that reference, but the Australians will. But uh, yeah, that's shits me to that's, tears. I'll tell you that. Yeah, it does. It does another freaking injury. What is it with this team and injuries, man? Like I did you have any sense that this was headed? I did not have one sense at all that this was heading down this path. I was like, okay, yeah, he's he's clearly got a knee thing that's bothering him. But from that being like a game-to-game proposition, it seemed like based on what was what we were being told to now, oh, by the way, your guy who was potentially going to be your starting power forward or if not a starter is a key backup. He's now out for a foreseeable future having this key uh, knee st- surgery or procedure. It's like, how did we get from one thing to... How does the volume just amplify so loudly like that? That's, uh, it's, we've got no time to brace for it, I guess is my point. It's annoying. Yeah, I, I would say the fact that the reporting was the day after games he is in pain that he was going to have another medical checked out didn't bode well he, his i was talking to him the other day his he didn't seem like he was that down so obviously like this this is news um but that's really tough and at a at a position uh, a premium position an area of need for not just the bulls but all teams like those guys are going to be expensive and again you get to the question of are you in a position to invest more resources into this team. Does a Javante Green, you know, caliber player, sixth or seventh or however, whatever number best player on your team going down, does that really change the outlook uh, given the positionality? I think it does, but uh, it's just going to be another hurdle. Um, There is zero margin for error with this group. Again, there's still three games under 500, but they have been playing well. We'll see if it continues to if that if that stretch continues. Um, what a tough break for the Bulls, though, who who finally are starting to to have some feel good wins here. That's a really tough one. Um, it's coming up on three thirty though, so I think we should sign out. You have anything else you wanted to add there on Javante or trades or anything? Yeah, I was just gonna say. I mean, phrasing wise, thin margin for error. You took the words out of my mouth. Like losing Javante in the scheme of things, he's a role guy, but this is a team that don't have a lot of their, their rotation isn't an extended one. Like they've got like nine guys who maybe you can trust. Losing one of those guys when you've already got Lonzo out, that sucks. More minutes for Crusoe now, who's an injury risk, who's playing at the four. I mean, exactly. it's just that and much more just, pressure up and down. And more pressure on Pat now to deliver. Um, but I guess like just from a personal point of view, like Javante specifically, like he's an unrestricted free agent coming up in this off season. The way he was playing, like he probably would have gotten off a minimum contract and got himself a nice 
nice little deal, whether it was with the balls or someone else, just thinking for Javante, like this really sucks for him and his ability to maybe earn, you know, life-changing money, uh, which he had earned himself or played himself into. So I'm hoping that doesn't change the fact for him. But um, yeah, bummer, bummer. But yeah, as you said, let's close the podcast. Uh, appreciate everyone from tuning in, but uh, sad note to end on. Very sad note to end on. Hopefully, um, I don't know, maybe they saw four more Javantes. So too soon. Uh, anyway, um, we'll, we'll call it there. Um, thank you guys so much for listening to CHGO Bulls presented to you by DraftKings Sportsbook. Uh, Mark and I will be back probably same time next week on Tuesdays. We're fitting this in between uh, other games. Obviously, our group is going to be headed to Paris, so that will be a lot of fun, and we'll have some great coverage for you, for you guys live in Paris. Um, and then next Thursday, they'll be playing the Pistons. So lots to look forward to here. Hopefully, this Javante news isn't as bad as it seems. Hopefully, it's not as bad as Lonzo's procedure has been. Um, but certainly not good news. So we will hit on that again next time. For now, thanks again for listening to CHU Bulls.